Did you know that the average length of a marriage in the U.S. is eight years? Eight years. And on average, most relationships last only about two years and nine months. So regardless of where you're at, single dating, partnered marriage, like whatever your relationship status is, you're going to want to stick around for the whole show today because the cool thing about it is this is going to be a two-part episode. You've got this episode, we'll hit part one, and then the next episode will be part two. In this episode, I'm going to help you better understand intimacy, a new understanding of it, and how to use it to actually improve your relationships. We're also going to talk about the first six types of intimacy because there's 12 total, right? We're going to cover the sixth one in this episode. And then the next one, we'll cover the last six. And then I'm going to give you examples of each and then how to go about talking about these in your relationships. Again, if you're not in a relationship, now is the time to work on yourself because in the future, if you decide to be in a relationship, you're already ahead of the game by knowing yourself, knowing those intimacy needs and being ready to not be a statistic of a short-lived relationship. We're going to be covering all this and much more. This is Fix Yourself First with Dr. Christy, the podcast, and I'm going to help you redefine intimacy through a Fix Yourself First approach that you can feel more confident and connected in your relationships. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Fix Yourself First with Dr. Christy podcast. This is a show for people who are tired of waiting on others to change and ready to focus on themselves in order to improve their relationships. I've learned from my personal and professional life as a psychotherapist and relationship expert that the only way to have a healthy relationship was when I realized that I have to fix myself first versus waiting on others to change. Thank you for listening to my show and go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. Now let's get started. Now, let's go ahead and jump into today's show, and let's start with talking about just intimacy as a whole. When you hear intimacy, what comes to mind? Because, I mean, you hear me say this all the time. You might be thinking intimacy is sex or you know, intimacy is closeness. Well, the thing is, intimacy is connection. So when you hear intimacy, think of connection. To be clear, intimacy or this connection is when you want to be close to someone, right? If you want to be connected to them. If you want more, for an example, physical intimacy, you may be wanting more touching, kissing, hugging, holding hands, connection. Sex is one of those. We know there's different types and a whole bunch of different things from the sexual buffet, but all those fall under physical intimacy. And for most of us, we need to be emotionally connected with some emotional intimacy to feel really connected through physical intimacy. That's just two of the 12. We're going to hit the first six today. And as we do this, change up how you're thinking about intimacy. When you're asking for closeness, ask specifically for the closeness you're looking for. So let's jump into our six today. We're going to start off with recreational intimacy. And it's just as it sounds. It's sharing fun, hobbies, things that you do for leisure, It's something you're doing together with a partner, and it's helping you feel bonded and more connected. Have you ever done something with your partner? Let's just say you go for a bike ride, you go for a walk, you go on a a day adventure, or you're just playing cards or doing something fun with them, and you have this sense of feel good, like, ah, that was nice, looking back at it. 
and you just thought, well, I just feel really connected to them. It was really nice. It was a lot of fun. It's like it used to be when we first started dating. That's because y'all have tapped into recreational intimacy. And in not just short-term, but long-term relationships, you got to have some fun. And it's almost as relationships go on, it's like the first thing to go because things get difficult, hard, serious. If you're parenting, if you're taking care of your parents, like all different things and then work, stress, money, finances, all these different things get in the way and recreational intimacy gets put on the back burner. So I want you to ask yourself, if you're in a relationship currently, when was the last time y'all have fun together? You did something fun, enjoyable, pleasurable. You had your own little adventure or you laughed so much that like your face hurt because you were laughing so much or that you really enjoyed spending time together. If you're single, think about a future relationship if you choose one. What do you want to bring to it when it comes to fun, hobbies, leisure? Sure, all of us, relationship or no relationship, we have to have our recreational self. That's a part of being a whole person that we have our own interests, hobbies, things. And it's important to make time for those. But as a couple, it's equally important to have fun, stay connected, and really dial into these leisure activities. Extra points if you go and try and do something that neither of you have done before. You're doing it together. And since you, y'all have not done it before, that's a whole other level of intimacy because you are you got a first time. And when we're in long-term relationships, we don't get a lot of first times, right? Because we've already had a lot of experiences. So anytime you try something together for the first time, keep that in mind. Now, if you're thinking, hey, my partner likes to do fill in the blank, whatever type of hobby is, I'm not into it. It drives me nuts. Uh, one of my clients in my um, one of my programs, uh, one of the partners likes football. The other partner hates football. And so the partner likes football is always trying to get the one that doesn't like it to watch it. And so they're like, hey, I've gotten easier watching it with them because I know they're going to go out and go for a walk with me afterwards. And that's what I really like to do. So there's this give and take of collaborating on recreational intimacy. The second one we're covering is intellectual intimacy. What happens with intellectual intimacy is this idea that you and your partner share in the world of ideas. You got this mutual respect for one another's minds and how their mind works. Maybe they talk about topics you find interesting. Maybe they ask you questions or thought provoking. Maybe they know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. And when y'all talk about these things or these ideas or the things in the world, you feel close to them. You're like, gosh, it's really nice to have that conversation. Or, man, it felt really good to be able to talk with them about fill in the blank, whatever it might be. If you're wanting more of this, bring up your partner. Hey, I'd like to talk more about fill in the blank, whatever it is. I want to know what you think about fill in the blank. Put it out there. Ask for the discussion. Let them know you want to grow in that intellectual intimacy. And having an experience to help talk about that, maybe you go out and do something that helps kind of share in those world of ideas is a great way to build this as well. The thing with intellectual intimacy, it's kind of like one of those sideline ones. It's not real sexy, right? But if you stop and think about it, our intellectual intimacy, the ability to connect with one another in the world of ideas, charges up our brains. And our brains is the biggest sex organ that we actually have. So getting turned on starts up there in the brain. And so using intellectual intimacy as a way to connect and do this improves that even more. The third one is work or chore intimacy. We can, I'll call it chore intimacy because sometimes people hear work, they think of like actual professional jobs. 
This chore intimacy is within the relationship that you share in common tasks. Y'all supporting one another, you're helping out. It might not always look 50-50. It might be some days you're carrying 70, they're carrying 30, but maybe the next day or a couple days later, the other one's carrying 90 and you're only carrying 10. There's this equality that's not cut straight down the middle, but this mutual understanding. And so with work intimacy or chore intimacy, you're sharing in these things to keep y'all's day-to-day life going. Chore intimacy is great because if we look at intimacy as connection, and we know, because you've been here for a while with me, it's just a refresher or if this is your first time, intimacy, aka connection and trust are in tandem. Like they together, they're each other's ride or die. Meaning when intimacy or connection goes down, so does trust. But when intimacy goes up, so does trust. So let's take this short intimacy, for example. Let's say there's something that you hate to do. Do you think about yours? I will straight up tell you, I have several things and I like to clean, but I have several things that are like my pet peeves I hate doing. I hate I hate going to the grocery store and getting groceries. I just don't like shopping. I can't can't stand to shop. That's why I like just can't do it. So getting groceries and taking out the trash. It's just I don't know something about it. Like I will scrub toilets. I'll scrub the, like anything else. I'll dig in the yard. I'll do it. But those two things, do I do it if I have to? Yes. But there are two things that Rob knows that I hate. It's a pet peeve. And there's there's more on the list. So for me, I'll say, look, when you take out the trash, I'm in a vacuum, right? Or I'm going to do this. Or I might say, hey, can you take out the trash? I just can't do it. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Or he'll say, no, I've got the trash. It, when I go take the trash out, it makes me feel like I've done something. I'm getting rid of stuff. So for us over the years, there's a lot more. And you're thinking about that for your specific relationship. There's things that we may not like doing or that's really irritating to us. Hopefully our partner might like that. Or there's something our partner doesn't like to do that we pick up the slack in. Or that we at least talk about it and say, hey, I know I've got to work on fill in the blank today. Will you take on fill in the blank today? So that you're both sharing in the task of chores because that builds intimacy. Because what it tells me when I see Rob take that trash out, (laughs) extra points when I don't have to ask because it's not as a priority to him as it is to me because I'm a bit of a clean freak. He doesn't actively think I need to get the trash out. But I don't mind at all saying, hey, do you mind grabbing the trash? I don't look at it as... Why isn't he grabbing the trash? Doesn't he see us at the top? I look at it as, it's not that important to him. It's important to me. So my responsibility is to speak up and say, hey, do you mind taking the trash out? So making sure that we're being realistic in our expectations around short intimacy, but being able to discuss it. Because if not, resentment builds. And there's a lot of frustration and anger that's turned inward in partnerships because one person's doing more of the short intimacy than the other's. And this is a thing built on collaboration, meaning y'all talking this out, you're seeing what works, you're chopping it up and changing it around, but you both are willing to do what it takes within the relationship to improve and work on chore intimacy. Because I know I feel a lot closer, my intimacy's higher, connected with him when he helps out and does and helps make my life easier. I'm going to be more trusting of him and that's going to help me physically connect with him even more too, because I'm getting that need met. Number four is commitment intimacy. Think about your commitment intimacy within your relationship as the connection of commitment to shared goals that y'all have, to shared values that y'all find important. And you're working together for something. Maybe you're even working together in a relationship so that you're dedicated to one another to connect with one another. Let's say you're trying to work together on budgeting, on improving your physical relationship, maybe on parenting, or maybe even in the areas of health and fitness. 
or to even just make the relationship work. You take this commitment intimacy that y'all have these shared goals and you're working together. Let's just say one of y'all's commitment intimacy areas to work on is, let's just say saving money and not spending as much. It's a common one, right? We know communication, sex, and finances are three of the main issues that pop up in relationships. So a commitment intimacy of saving money, that looks like if you are, now look, whatever the parameters of y'all's goals are is y'all's, but I'm just giving you an example. If you see something and you know, hey, I need to spend money on this and y'all collaborate and talk about it. Hey, I know we're saving, but this is coming up. It's a great deal. It makes sense. We're going to do it in three months. What do you think? Well, that sounds good. Or, hey, do you think we can find it somewhere else? Like you're working together to do it versus going behind one another's backs and trying to do your own individualized thing. You're sharing goals, which means you got to share talking about that. When you do that, trust goes up, especially when it comes to finances. When you sit down once a month or a couple times a month and go over the expenses, what money's coming in, what money's going out, what you're doing with savings and planning. You're doing this together and it makes you a lot more trusting of one another and it helps you feel closer. That commitment intimacy is really important. The fifth type of intimacy that we're going to talk about today is emotional intimacy. And this is when you can be emotionally connected with your partner. You're sharing significant feelings with one another. You know that your emotional self, that you're able to see and share that with your partner and allow them to connect with you with their emotional self. You feel comfortable and secure. Like you don't feel like you're, they're going to judge you if you show emotion. If you drop that mask that you're carrying around all day around everybody else and you drop it with them, you feel closer. Emotional intimacy can look like looking at one another, open up and talking about the hard things. It can be supporting one another. It can be not attacking one another when a difficult issue comes up or one of you screws up because inevitably no one's perfect. The emotional intimacy is the ability to just be yourself, have emotion, good, bad, or ugly, and not judge one another for it. Things that hurt emotional intimacy are not being transparent, not being honest, being selfish, being uh, self-absorbed, not caring, judging, calling one another harsh names. I mean, there's a whole list of things that really blows up emotional intimacy in relationships. And for so many of us, we need to feel emotionally connected to our partners in order to fully physically connect. So let's talk about physical intimacy along the way. This physical intimacy is this connection of touch, hugging, kissing, holding hands, arms around one another, and of course, sex. And there's different types of sex, as I mentioned earlier. And what happens is when we're dating or just starting out, physical intimacy is easy, right? It's easy. It's intuitive. It's hot. It's passionate. Can't keep our hands off one another. And what happens is as time passes, as we get to know each other more and more, we get used to one another and it's not as new. It's not as fresh. It's not as fill in the blank of whatever you might be experiencing or we get in ruts and habits and that physical intimacy goes down. Therefore, the trust goes down in one another. And that can be a real problem, especially if you aren't feeling emotionally connected, because when you really want to experience physical fulfillment in a long term relationship, that emotional intimacy has got to be high because to really keep things fresh, to keep things interesting, to open up that buffet, you got to trust that you can try things, talk about things, do things, and your partner not make fun of you, get angry at you, call you a name, or go from hot to cold. If you don't feel secure in the connection, the physical intimacy isn't going to be there the way you or maybe even they want it to be. 
Because intimacy of all these kinds, we've talked about the six, and trust are in tandem. When one goes down, trust goes down. And when one goes up, trust goes up. So the goal is to work on, obviously, this six in the episode, and the next episode is the last six. Do you have to have all 12 in your relationship? No, not necessarily. Different ones might come up of different importance as you're in different seasons of your life. I know I think about when um, Rob and I first started dating so long ago, things that were important to me, things that I wanted, things that I needed, how it looked is different than it is now. I'm a different season of life. I'm a different season of relationship. Every single one of us changed. So it'd be silly to think that our relationships don't change either. But are we changing alongside with the relationship or are we changing opposite of the relationship? So when you think about this, look at these six types of intimacy and think of which ones you want more in your relationships. Or if you're single, go and think about which ones that you know are a priority for you as you're looking for partners in the future or that you're going to hold strong on a boundary around in future relationships. And don't forget, if you're a woman, I want you to be in this live workshop because we are focusing on emotional and physical intimacy without sacrificing our needs working on that connection. And I'm giving you that five-step method I've used in my relationship, as well as so many others have used in theirs. Uh, Make sure you go and grab your seat. Seats are limited because it's a free workshop and we're kicking off 2023, that first week in January. So I hope you go on over uh, to drchristjoverstreet.com or just DM me on Instagram. I'll make sure you get it or you can just go to the link in bio. Let me know what you thought about today's session and make sure you keep your eyes open because very soon you're going to get part two and get the last six types of intimacy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to my show. Your support means the world to me. Remember, you can always be a guest on the show to get your questions answered, or you can email me your questions on my website. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a review on iTunes and downloading all the episodes. You can access all the information I discussed today in the show notes at christyoverstreet.com slash podcast. Until next time.